Good evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have on John Bush. John Bush was famously from Armored Saint and then Anthrax and back to Armored Saint happily. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. With COVID and you're being locked down, you guys had just released a new album, Punching the Sky, right? Yeah, yeah Punching the Sky, like last year-ish, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. you just released a new, though, which is live. Yeah. Is that to hold people over or what was the plan on that one? Um, well, it's funny because it almost came out to the day that Punching the Sky did a year later. Um, no, the, the attention with the live DVD and record Symbol Salvation in its entirety, uh, we always intended to put that out. Um, we just had to edit it and you know, listen to it and because we had a bunch of shows that we had to choose from. And um, in the end, uh, the, the bulk of the show, uh, the DVD portion is from the Gramercy Theater in New York. But there's some other snippets from other shows. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I rarely lie. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, uh, right. It was always something that we intended to get out. It was just a matter of when it was going to come out. And, and actually I think the timing of it was pretty good. We did that tour, I think in 18 or 19 now it's a little bit, uh, fuzzy, but, uh, you know, we, we, like I said, when we knew we were going to get around to it, would we have liked to get it out sooner? Probably not because Punching the Sky came out in 20. So I don't think we really wanted to get it out before that. So a year after that was fine. And uh, the irony is actually next year, we're going to re-release the first three records on Chrysalis because we, we got the, we got the, rights back to those and awesome. is able to license them now and they're going to put them out again on vinyl and um it's going to be great so we're going to have product out even though it's old product next year so we've been busy in terms of keeping things out um especially with punch in the sky we made four production videos which was crazy and kind of unheard of certainly for our our, our band right and um, we never did anything like that most of what we did was two per record and we made four and it was awesome and they looked amazing. So we kept ourselves in the public eye, even though we weren't actually touring and performing. Well, that's why it's interesting because some bands are totally like holding back all the product. Like once, you know, the horsemen of the apocalypse came, they're like, nope, nothing goes out until we can tour with it. And some people are like, I'm going to keep something going. So it's always kind of curious to see where each band is going with their, their thought process. Or some of them are just like, I do what I put it out. I just keep moving. I'm not really thinking about it, you know. Um, you know, my personal opinion on it is why are we going to refrain from getting people to hear a new record from ours uh, when when all they could do, especially in that first like year, was kind of hunker down. So like to me, that would be uh, like e- evil. Hey, here, you, we have a new record, but we're not going to let you hear it, even though you're going to spend a bunch of time at home. Well, that makes no sense at all to me. That's exactly the time that they need to listen to music. Mm-hmm and put on headphones and check out of the of the world so it was very logical i get it if you're some huge band you know maybe the foo fighters or you know whatever uh, you know deftones or somebody who is a big band where you really everything is correlated to a tour and it's all very you know one su- supplements the next and i i understand that but for a band like saint we're just it just doesn't make sense to do that it makes more sense for us to say here's our record listen to it and when we get around to touring we'll play those songs well you guys have your own plan not plan but unplanned plan for your whole career you've been able to be in a band with all your best friends until you guys have crushed it and then at one point you obviously had some tragedy and then the band dissolved or broke up or went on a hiatus then you got to do the anthrax for many years and then that ended you had another hiatus and you got back with the band again you guys sound as better than ever 
You know, so it's like, like it's not like the band broke up and you had a bad terms. It was like you, you know, it's like a, it's like when you're uh, you're dating and get married. I was on a break. You know what I mean? You get that right. thing where you didn't have right. to leave, and it's nice because there's nothing weird about it. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, yes, that's my certainly optimistic way of looking at it. You know, it's it. I, I tell people that for me, it's I just look back and say that's the way it went. You know, and and to me that makes it easier to cope with it because. Um, it, life it does that you know you, you, yes maybe in a perfect world this would have happened and then that would have happened and but you know the, who's living in a perfect world especially right. in the music industry so as far as i'm concerned here we are a band that you know off and on been together for you know 30 or 40 years and it, it, the bulk of the guys in the band known each other since we were in our you know adolescent years eight or I nine i love hearing years. that basically add that about bands that are still together best buds still rocking it out at this age it's awesome yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to, you know, candy coat it too much. You know, we don't always have the same uh, philosophies these days and a, a perspective on the way the band should go. And 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 what, so what? You know, we've been, here's a bunch of guys in their mid to late 50s. We expect us to be all in, in a complete sync as far as how things should go and how they used to go and how they work now. It's right. just not realistic. But that being said... I mean, we made like some really great albums. I thought "Win Hands Down" was an awesome record. Now, "Punching the Sky" mm -hmm. even takes it to another level in the last like seven years. So, I mean, for a band to be able to do that all these years later, um, and then kind of you know go back and and do one of its classic records and make a live album from it. I mean, I'm super grateful. I think things are cool. As a matter of fact, as far as I'm concerned, like Armored Saint is cooler and bigger than ever. You know, maybe the only exception could be is like when we first signed a Chrysalis and put out March of the Saint 1984 and Can You Deliver was on TV. Other than that, I mean, really, we're we're better and cooler and bigger than ever. You know, so all these years later, we're pretty lucky to be able to say that. So <laughs> at this point, yeah, I think well, at that point, you were a new band. So it's just you're like out there. At this point, you guys, a lot of bands, like, now you're, like, on your legacy run. There's, like, I think there's, like, three stages of a band. Your first is you're, you're trying to build, and then you're the middle round, and you're trying to keep the maintain to decide who you're going to be. And then it, that either determines you to don't make it, or you that's it, you're secure, and you can keep going what you're doing. That's that's the last lap. And that lap, like, the Rolling Stones are still on that last lap for the past 50 years. You know what I mean? It's, like, the legacy thing where, like, you can be who you are, and you don't have to do certain press, or you don't have to do videos. You can do what you kind of what you want, and you're happy with what you're doing. Right. You're secure in the legacy of who the band is, not like a legacy tour, you know what I'm saying? But it's more yeah. like you're established and that's it. You're who you are. Well, you know, again, I can't speak for everybody in my band. I can't speak for uh, all musicians. I, I only know the way I interpret it and the way I deal with it. And for me, it's just a, it's just a simple acceptance of what it is. You know, I've made all these records and I made a bunch of Saint, I made a bunch of Anthrax. You know, it's funny. I always make the joke that when I do like an in-store signing and sometimes people will come with like a stack of stuff I made, you know, with some B-sides and videos and DVDs and, you know, and I'm like, wow, look at all this stuff. I mean, so I, I am, again, I'm grateful for it. Um, you know, did Armored Saint get to the level of success to, you know, like a band like Metallica? Well, no, nobody did, but right. you know, you know, and, and when I joined Anthrax, was that a bit of the decline in the 90s? Yeah, it was. You know, I'm always candid about my career. I just am. I, I, that I was like, about you. I, well, and again, you know, this is just the realities of it all. I don't have, I'm not in, I'm not, I'm a person who kind of <laughs> creates a bunch of lies or baloney or fictitious world of what it's 
people think it was. I know what it is. A lot of people know what it is. So, and I'm just happy and grateful that, that I'm able to make all this cool music and still be able to sing at a high level and, you know, whatever, like I, I don't have, a, a, you know, 20 gold records, but it doesn't matter. Cause I know the fans that love the music that I've made um, love it. And, you know, they're, they're affected by it. And that's really the most important thing. So. Well, you, st I know you're still doing this for, you can still play out and do this. A lot of bands that may have platinum albums may not be able to do it, you know, fast 30 years. So, Some of them can do it after three years, you know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> so. you know, and the fact that your bands still together, of course you're going to disagree, but it's like being in the same job for like 40 years, you're going to disagree you're gonna, or being married, you know, but it's the, the, you guys can still talk though. A lot of bands came and talk after like two or three albums, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those are, you know. those are things to have as a band. You guys are still on the same path and, and, you know, talking to each other, even you're talking, you're making albums, you're, you know, and your voice is just as strong. The, the players are playing strong. The, the albums are as strong. I actually think stronger. Um, yeah, getting tighter. Yeah. I, I think I do want to step back. You know, I'm not like I said, I didn't want to go big into anthrax because it's all over the internet. But being a, a huge fan of you all these years, I listen to you. You know, <clears throat> it was also around the same time. I think actually when they switched singers with you, I think they had just had it signed a big deal. I believe anthrax, right? Yep. And yeah, then I also believe around the same couple of years, my mind's getting hazy too. I'm like almost same age, closer to my fifties. That Molly Q had a big deal too, and they replaced Vince with John. So it was very similar. Well, it was, a, it, was it was exactly oh, this very very similar, like you said. And okay, it was so. the same label. It was Electra. Although oh, I think Molly was with Electra, so they just kind of renewed their deal. But Anthrax was with Island and went to Electra. So well, Electra was the same person in charge of it. That wasn't it. Was Sylvia, whatever her name is, is the one who didn't like either of you guys well that was that was after the original deal was when bob krasnow i think was still the head of electro records and um and you know i'm sure that when electro gave a bunch of money to motley and they gave a bunch of money to anthrax the last thing they wanted to hear is both those bands are changing their lead singers you know it's like what uh no so um but you know again i think it was a power move i think it was great and you're looking back because they both got together but even if those bands stay together, those big deals right now, I mean, we know looking back now in history and grunge, that didn't mean anything. Those bands could have imploded also because of the market. It had nothing to do with you guys. It's funny. Some people have asked me recently, um, what do you think would have happened if we would have stayed together into the 90s when everything was changing? And I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, most likely I would say we would have struggled um, because most bands did. Um, reality maybe not in europe because europe kind of still stayed true to it and we were actually kind of rising a little bit in europe um you know but in the states it was and i know this because i was in anthrax and i know what it was like right. to kind of continue to still fight in the, the 90s and stay relevant and convince the public and it was hard it was, i mean a lot of bands are just they were just eliminated just well yeah well anthrax was a little a couple higher up in the rungs at least so they had a little bit of a, a foothold for you sure, know. sure. And but that was, was crazy. But you guys actually and Molly, both singers, both very similar, raspy, strong singers coming in, totally replacing the higher voice singers. You know, not knocking any other singers either. But I'm saying the similarities of even vocally coming in, and both of you guys getting heavier at the same time. Yeah. And probably if the band's probably some of my favorite albums of both of those. You know, those are the strongest to me albums well, coming in. Yeah, it's funny. I just actually watched The Dirt for the first time just the other night, actually. It was pretty funny. And, uh, <laughs> just, you know, looking back on that, those times and, and those times, you know, when Karabi came in and, you know, it was it was it, it was it was entertaining. You know, it wasn't some of the best acting in the world, but certainly no, was he's not too happy with how he was represented in that either. I heard <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't. But, you know, and it's funny. I, I was actually impressed that Nikki was 
willing to reveal so much about his uh, his drug uh, circumstances because it was it was pretty prominent in the movie and it was ballsy for him to to say here this is what was happening because it was you know there's a lot to reveal it is i think when you have somebody you know that's been an icon like that almost going back to the days of johnny hunters like they're known as much drugs at some point as their songwriting and then to come clean and then say to everybody who's been, like so into them saying I-, I made a mistake you could probably create more yeah. or you could probably do this is pretty rock and roll. It's pretty heavy. You know what I mean? To turn around and stop and say, you know what? I could, you could do better. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, better is questionable. I think it may be different, but um, let's face it. There's a lot of people. I think doing do life without life. heroin is better. So I'm well, going to stick from that one. Yes. Logically, <laughs> it would be. Of course, you know, you're slamming junk and you're, you know, you're, you're right. death. I'm sure that you, you know, that's not the most productive situation for anybody yeah even if you are an artist you know because i know art is connected with that and hey right. you know but um but you know again those 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 that music was made a lot of artists made a lot of music uh, oh, yeah. when drugs and you know i did as well in my eight you know i always say come on the 80s man you know it was armored saint it was la it was heavy metal at its highest you know, you know it was cocaine was running rampant you know yeah i was doing it i didn't talk about those those are those are assumed like regular you know in radio you used to you know how are you gonna play this single you can you show up with a suitcase full of cocaine for the radio guys you know wow i'm not even counting uh, that. we didn't do that because we didn't have the money to, to well, do it Oh my God, if you had the money to do that, some of these bands are like, just keep the money. You don't even need to do anything. You can afford that. Yeah, and but, that's okay. Right, exactly, right? Yeah. But, but the, you know, the heroin thing is what my, more my sticking point. I'm like, that's a rough road. It doesn't seem good at any point ever. Yeah, so, I know. Luckily, I never got into heroin. I'm, uh, I'm happy about that because that, do that. that's crazy. But yeah, so when you did that album, it was so good and you guys stayed steady. And I think when the band kind of you know, dissolved, you kind of stepped aside and all a little back and forth. It really was nice in the press that it wasn't a lot of mudslinging. You know, I read Scott's book. So it was kind of nice, you know. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a little animosity and certain issues, but not everything has to be public. Not everything has to be out there. So to you, I'm just saying kudos. I'm not even <laughs> want to hear any stories. It's more of, it's really nice to hear that because it focuses on the music. And because of that, it's ingrained me as a enjoy you even more. And and you being an anthrax re, re-encouraged me. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't really listen as much to Armored Saint because there's so many bands back then. You know, I was in high school, same time. And Armored Saint, Metallica, all them. And there's just so much out there. And like, ah, oh, I actually have gone back through, you know, Anthrax to revisit your Armored Saints stuff, you know. Yeah. And now Armored Saints moved up to be up there with my Metallica and everything else. Like it's, you know, I always say it's my gateway drug. But like that was my thing that kind of revitalized me and reminded me. I'm like, God, I haven't listened to Armored Saints in a while. And well, that was when you were doing Anthrax. Yeah, I mean, the beauty is you can always go back and, and listen to those records and check them out. And even if you missed them when they came out, you know, they're still there. Um, as a matter of fact, Megaforce has re-released those first three records I did in Anthrax, which I'm extremely grateful for. And um, I'm stoked about it. And um, because there was a time when they weren't available because of the way yeah. the deal worked out with Electra, And then you have to re-license them. And if you don't, they're not going to they're going to sell through and there won't be anything there. And the same with Volume 8. That that was a real big debacle. And um, the label went belly up. And so they they we were able to get those back out. And, and kudos uh, to Missy for making that happen at Megaforce. And, you know, I've seen some royalty checks lately and it's like, cool. You know, it's just again, it's it. it it's not really about the money per se. It's more about just yeah, like, a royalty check at this point. is like seeing a unicorn. I mean, it, you're lucky. Well, 
and and what I'm happy about is it just shows that it's it's out there and people have listened to it and people are purchasing it and that's all I when I when I would go to Amoeba Records, which is a big record store here in LA, and yep. I would look, you know, I'll look through Anthrax's, you know, uh, you know, bin there, and um, I could never find any of the records I made. It was really a disappointment, and I think it was because they just weren't they weren't available. They literally were not available, and and that was frustrating. So I was, my whole thing is like, look, if somebody wants to by spreading the disease over white noise that's whatever but i mean can at least be there as a possibility that somebody wants to buy it can i is that asking too much uh, no so i'm happy about what they've done with that and um you know again those records people can go back and and get listened to as they could to you know delirious nomad and you know raising fear so at one point you actually had there's a little bit downtime between albums and i think anthrax there's probably before you guys reformed right it was a couple of years in between like uh, well, there was a downtime around 99. That's when uh, Scott and Charlie made the SOD record. Yeah. Uh, and then, and that's when I kind of started working again with Joey, just really by virtue of just boredom. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, hey, do you want to write some songs? I have some riffs. It wasn't like, let's do another Saint record. It was more of like, do you want to just write? And I, I, was, I was doing, you know, Anthrax was literally on a hiatus. So I was like, yeah, sure. What, what do you got? And then it turned out that those are some of the songs that became Revelation. And um, they were great. You know, some killer tunes like Pay Dirt and, um, you know, Palm Departure and uh, Tension. And, you know, some really cool songs that it was like, oh, okay. And then it was like, well, let's make a record. We can. We had that. We had a couple old songs. I actually think Upon My Departure was an older song. But, you know, songs like After Me, The Flood, really cool tunes at that time. So that's when we made Revelation. And um, and it was great. We did a little tour and it was fun and played the Bakken Festival in Germany. But, you know, I was still technically an anthrax. That was, yeah. it was just, a, you know, a little bit of a, a side project almost, if you will. While we're talking about songwriting, how what is the songwriting process for you? Because I know you're usually pretty involved, and I mean, obviously you're a singer. Do you play guitar or like hum melodies or write the lyrics? Like, what is your process in the songwriting? Always kind of. Um, you know, my abilities as a actual guitar player and bass player and drummer are very limited. Um, I stick to singing because that's what I do best, and and work on melodies. And I still love writing lyrics, and you know, I write the bulk of the lyrics in the band, and you know, I always have and. Um, you know, it's still something I yearn to do. I'm open to whatever, if, if anybody has other ideas, but of course I'm the one singing them, so I better believe in them. And uh, that's- That's kind of, you in some level, whether you like it or not, somebody's going to be like, well, that's he's, his words come out of his mouth. I mean, well, you know, I'm the ones projecting them. So, <laughs> so I want to believe in what I'm doing. Right. Uh, and I still feel like um, I write lyrics pretty well. As a matter of fact, um, maybe better than ever. Um, well, at least in my own opinion, but you know- oh, That's what I'm saying with the album. I think everything's better than before. It's even one step up. You know, I just kind of use the world around me as a, as a giant, uh, you know, a canvas to paint on. And, and there's a lot to sing about, let's face it, more than ever. So uh, it's fun. And luckily, I don't have too many blocks. You know, things still come to me. I use a thesaurus and you know, I have a, a notebook of a bunch of lyrics and phrases and um, it's fun. So I focus on that. You know, I let the other guys work on the music part. The last thing I'm going to do is I go, hey, check out this riff. I could barely play, you know, why get out of here? So um you know, I, I believe in Joey and, 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 and Phil and Jeff in terms of what they can bring. But if you had like, you know, you could, you know, blast out some cowboy chords and different idea to and then have them kind of fleshed out for you. You know what I mean? I, you know, I mean, I'm more of a, 
it, it's more about arrangements and stuff like, hey, let's shorten that part. You know, that maybe, yeah. you know, instead of let's put the B section back there. It would be more about arrangements that I would, I would throw my two cents into. But you know, I love writing music. I love still, you know, writing songs. And um, it's it's awesome. It's a fun thing to do. And it's, uh, it, you know, it's just your expression as an artist, not to get too snobby about it, but it's the truth. So it's, yeah, it's a music show. You're talking about music. And one of the questions you've done some side stuff and you sing with the, you know, with other people and done a lot of different projects. So I was a question about your songwriting. If, if you would ever do anything on your own, like you'd head up the John Bush album <laughs> and have different players on it to like, you know I mean, and do like a little tour or like a little yeah. travel band just for fun, not, yeah. not to tour the world. Somebody just asked me about that again recently. I used to laugh when you know I thought of John Bush solo record, but you know I'm I'm a little bit more open to it at this point. Um, I have talked about it numerous times recently in the press about doing this this kind of solo thing, doing the Anthrax albums that I did because those guys don't play those songs, and that's mm -hmm. something I'm certainly uh, open to. And you know, time is slightly of the essence because I ain't getting any younger. So I mean, <laughs> it's like I don't want to do this when I'm like, I, you know, get me out there on stage. I mean you know, belt out, you know, room for one more, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I, unfortunately, it's just the reality of, of yeah. how old I am, like when I started. So I, I'd rather, can I sing Rain of Fire when I'm 68? I, hopefully, but I don't know. So I, to me, there's a certain urgency in it. And um, which I think is a good thing, because it kind of makes you feel like you got to move and you got to get on it, even though touring is, is a struggle right now for everybody. Right. But um, yeah, so I'm open to that. And uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm open to things that I was not maybe open to five years, 10 years ago. Um, just because I just am. So we'll, well see. I don't know. You know, like back in the day though, a solo project almost feels like it was kind of like a, a, you know, a lead singer disease thing, you know, Oh, I have a solo band, but, but now it's not about that. Guitar this. players have them too. <laughs> it's what? I said guitar players have them too. Exactly. That's the exact same thing. And they have the instrumentals and, and, um, I get the I get the joke there. <laughs> Actually, um, made an awesome bit of the instrumental record. This his last uh, solo thing was amazing, really over the top. Which is awesome. exactly what I'm saying. You can do a solo thing from your band and have just a little different of a, a sound to it, or you know, write a couple different songs that you haven't done to anybody and throw it on, and then also do a couple other songs with all the different bands and projects you were on that people would haven't heard. Right. It's it's, it's just so, it's, it's just within reason of what i want to do i think that's the thing like it um i'm open to it um but what do i want to do like i made the joke the other day uh, in the interview with blabbermouth like I, I love old school r&b and soul and but the, does does anyone want to hear john bush singing that probably not so the reality is it's got to be something that's still rock and roll and hard rock and uh maybe metal and or i, I don't know yet and that was that's the the big question mark, but if I can make something work and it feels right and the timing is right, I'm certainly open to it because I don't know, it, it could just be another extension of what I do. I think that'd be awesome. Thanks. It'd be super fun. I mean, I'd love to hear it. I'd be there for that. So Thanks. at this point with COVID, what are you guys planning on now doing? Like as far as you get, you try touring a little bit or how you going to balance it out or um, get out? Well, we have a tour planned in 22. It's in the later part of 22, uh, like starting in fall, which is crazy because we're only in December. So it sounds like a long time away. Not really. Not to me with this COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, we're supporting a band who's going to be doing a tour. It's going to be real fun because they haven't toured in a long time. And I can't say who it is because it's their tour and we're the opening group. So um, I'm going to let them and let them say it first and then I'll talk about it. And hopefully that'll come to fruition like in, I guess, in January. They were supposed to announce it 
right around now. Now it's going to be pushed to January. Um, but that's going to be exciting. It's, it's going to be in the States. And it's probably going to be a pretty substantial tour, like four to six weeks. Um, and it'll be fun. It'll be, I think old school fans are going to be, they're going to go, this is going to be a great. Um, <clears throat> we had dates with Black Label Society that were, it was only five shows uh, that they did a tour. And then they added five dates at the end of the year on the West Coast when it was, mm -hmm. it was LA, SF. San Diego, Phoenix, and Reno. And then those dates just got canceled about a month ago, uh, which is super disappointing because we we're going to play the Wiltern, which I love that theater in LA. It's a great venue. I go there all the time. And um, I've seen awesome shows there from Tool to, you know, uh, Fiona Apple and you know, whatever. So it's, it's a great venue and I was excited about playing it, but it got canceled. Um, I guess they were, I don't know. I don't know what the real reasons are other than maybe ticket sales were kind of light and the dates weren't as, precarious time so they said between christmas and new year's i mean i don't know i don't agree with that because i think that's a good time to for play bands to play because people aren't working and they're like let's go to another show tonight you know I, it's you know they're thinking new year's even on the 28th so but hey you know it, again we were the support act and we were at the mercy of, of them pulling the plug i think bands are now going to kind of sneak under the wire before everything starts getting crazy again you know, yeah, and it's flu season too. So yeah, I don't know. You know, I I don't know. I know Europe is is in a real kind of uh, sticky position, and 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 that's probably quite making a lot of tours uh, really in a delicate position if they're going to happen in, in Europe. I hope it happens. You know, I can't wait to go back to Europe. I love Europe. I love saying has got a great vibe in Europe. Um, I want to go there. But, you know, the I, I don't know, like uh, the truth of the matter is this stuff's way out of my hands. You know, like I, I there's nothing I can do, you know, if, um, if, if promoters are unwilling to do shows or, um, you know, if you know, I've heard I've heard rumblings that a lot of hard rock metal shows are actually the ones struggling in particular markets because of, you know, maybe metalheads don't want to be vaccinated and they're resistant to that. And hey, to each his own, whatever those people feel, if that's. If that's what they feel like I can't you know I'm not going to judge them on it at all but if it's affecting ticket sales and shows which I had heard that it was in certain yeah. places then that's disappointing because then you can't play so I don't know this is like I said these are things that are way out of my control um, I'm just optimistic and hoping for the best well it's good it's good you know you guys are keep releasing stuff too so it's good for these fans you know at least we got some records out that's right. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to encourage you to go to your website and check out the music. I want to thank you. I had one question you kind of came up with. If you could name your top five albums off the top of your head, because you just mentioned R&B, and it's kind of interesting to hear, like, you know, not just the, the normal Metallica, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, just, like, would you throw out your top five-ish? Some of your favorite albums. Like, name, like, well, like yeah. How about just for the time being? Because I can't. Oh, I, no. I, yeah, okay. That, I'm like, come on. If, I, I can't name my five. But I can say what, like, what are they are now, you know? Right. Um. Uh, okay, so like Temple of the Dog, something I listened yeah. to recently again. Um, the uh, Inner Visions, you know, by Stevie Wonder is you know gonna let be a legendary yeah. writer, always. Um, now we'll see what else. Um, yeah, let's see. Um, Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy is just always such a classic album. Um, let's see. Well, I just bought a couple records. Uh, the last Sturgill Simpson record is really cool. I just purchased that. So I don't know about favorite records, but it's up, you know, it's cool. Oh, I am yeah. listening to it. Um, uh, and uh, let me think of what else I've purchased or listened to lately. I just went to the record store the other day, although it was stupid Barnes and Nobles and their selection of like uh, this. So but I was buying books. So I was like, let me just get some CDs. Um, 
what else? Uh, give me a second. Let me just try to think off the top of my head of what else I was listening to. Oh, how about the the Sweet Desolation Boulevard? That's like one of my favorite. Great. That's, that's cool. just that's just that's just lately, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone likes to know, like what what influences or what is what is the artist you they, they listen to listen to, and you yeah, kind of listen to back in your depressions. Yeah, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of like outlaw country on um, Sirius Satellite Radio. I think there's some really cool stuff there, and I love the old school country. And I've been kind of getting into that uh, lately. I'm always going to be a big fan of jazz. Um, you know, uh, blues. I've been getting into blues, like Chris Stone Kingfish. He, that guy's awesome. He's, he's ridiculous. Really, really cool. Um, you know, there's just oh, there's so many great artists, and I and I want to listen to new artists. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go see the band the Black Pumas tonight. Actually, they're a killer band. Um, you know, the awesome singer. You know, kind of new school R&B, but not R&B like in crappy pop radio. Like those guys are great. They can write songs. It sounds like a throwback vibe. Um, you know killer band i'm gonna go see him tonight at youtube theater so that's gonna be really fun because um i saw him at the regent which armor saint was the last time we played in la it was at the regent in la and it's a great venue and they're cool so i like i asked my wife let's go to a show we're going tonight when she goes who i go black puma she goes all right so i bought tickets and like now we're going so um, i want to contribute to my industry that's why i buy records and buy cds and buy vinyl and go to shows and pay for tickets because i need to give back to this this industry of mine well, that's well, good, good support for that because I mean that's what the show is about supporting you guys. I mean the industry has to keep supporting the industry right now, especially during the tough times. Otherwise, there won't be anything. You know. Yeah, yeah I know people like I don't know. Remember the last time I bought a record? You know, musicians. I'm like, what? You know, I want to slap them in the head. Like, you of course you should be buying records of, of you know people, and that's what you do. So it pisses me yeah. off. I don't know how this there's this world that came up where people think that they don't need to buy albums anymore. I, I, that really pisses me off. Like, how do you think these are going to continue to be made if you don't buy them? Um, it's lame. It's ridiculous. So well, it's um, hard if an artist gets mad if somebody takes their music for free online and then they take free music that's given to them. Right. Well, you know, I, I still like buying CDs, you know, just because I, I need something aesthetic. Well, not this mask, but yeah. you know, I need something that I, I look at the credits maybe once. I look at the lyrics maybe once, you know, but it's still the product at checkout. You can still read the lyrics in a CD? Good for you, man. Oh, you I, know, need I, a, I need a vinyl album. Big lyrics, big print, yeah. like the I deck of cards, them. big print. Yeah. I love uh, nothing beats vinyl. You know, I love vinyl, and, and you know that to me, that's the best. That's the it's the product and the cover and the sleeve. Yeah, the you smell know. if it's not a used record, it says good. Yeah. You know, and nothing sounds better than vinyl. I think it still sounds yeah. as long as it's not scratched, of course. And I don't even have a great player, but it's still just putting the needle on. That's why uh, spun the back circle. The the Pearl Jam song was such a cool tune because it it's is all about that. You know, that's awesome. I mean, I want to thank you and tell everybody to check out your website and check out your, your new music and your old stuff and the re-releases too. Thanks a lot, dude. Happy holidays. Get you know, stay safe and uh, you know, thanks for all the support. Totally appreciate it.